0: Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast. Jesus said, if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. But many people wonder, how can I be free from things I've struggled with all my life? Anger, impurity, anxiety, depression, fear, gluttony, and so on. Well today, Eric Hurt and Mike Cleveland study passage of Scripture that will help you enjoy the freedom that Jesus died to give you.
1: Okay, hello everyone. This is Mike Cleveland here with my friend Alex. Alex, how are you today?
2: I'm doing great, Mike. How are you?
1: Excellent. So glad to be with you. So uh, thankful for the previous opportunities we've had to look into Psalm 22 together. And uh, tonight, uh, today, we should be finishing this chapter And uh, I'm just very excited um, about continuing our study. How about you?
2: Amen. Yes, me too. Very much looking forward to it.
1: You know, this is an amazing psalm, uh, as we said uh, in the last recording. Um, This psalm describes the experience of the crucified one. You know, the Gospels portray the uh, facts of the crucifixion. But here we're looking tonight at the experience, the feelings, the, uh, yes. the details of the crucifixion of Jesus mm. Christ. It is a solemn chapter. It is a uh, exciting and worshipful chapter from the sense of mm. you know, seeing our Savior suffer and die. Uh, and we have to understand, I think, Alex, before we just jump in here, that this, this chapter that we're looking at is for everyone who is broken, Uh, for all who are impoverished in their sin, uh, for everyone who has experienced a betrayal, for everyone who's been rejected, for anyone who is haunted by their past or have pangs of a guilty conscience. Listen to this message today. Just listen to what the, the psalm speaks to your own heart. And this is for the healing of the nations. It's for Good news for those who are needy and broken and hurting. And so uh, let's jump right Amen. in. Uh, one one thing to mention here, Alex, is that this is an ongoing study that you and I have been doing. Uh, and so we need to remind our listeners to please go back and listen to the previous two recordings so that you'll have the context of where we're right. at. Today, right?
2: Right. Uh-huh. That's right. Yeah.
1: So we're actually picking it up. In verse 14, feel like we're jumping right in in the middle of this story. But we've seen up to this point the, uh, the terrible experience of the crucifixion, the events surrounding it. And so we've come to verse 14. And Alex, do you want to read the uh, 14? Sure.
2: Yes, it says, I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast."
1: And so what are we seeing here, brother?
2: So we've been, this is one of the descriptions where this is the Psalm of David, but it's really Christ's words. It's very clear as we go through the whole Psalm, that it's from his own point of view uh, on the cross and he is poured out. He is giving all of himself uh, here on the cross. Uh, he said he's poured out like water. We in some passages in the Old Testament, you, you see references to pouring out water onto the dust and you can't collect it again. It's poured out. It's gone uh, forever. He, his energy is gone. His strength is gone. All his bones are out of joint, he says. Uh, he's completely spent for us. He's given himself completely on the cross.
1: Yes. And, you know, the actual physical description here, all of his bones are out of joint Mm. is a a description of what happens when someone is hanging on a cross uh, and all of their bones are are out of joint. And what would you think would happen if to someone's heart, for example, if uh, your heart had turned to wax within you and then Mm. you were stabbed in the heart, what would come out?
2: Yeah, it would be like uh, John saw water and blood. And you would really see because all the water would just pool around it, uh, and it would collect. and And he says he's poured out like water. Uh, we were, and we we know that John saw that an eyewitness when uh, when he received the spear in his side, water came out, water and blood.
1: Yes, it's it's so in some ways shocking to see this happen, but. You know, blood is what is necessary for forgiveness. Uh, There is no forgiveness without the shedding of blood. And water is used in cleansing. And so when we look at the cross, we see Jesus, uh, his heart pouring out in blood and water, blood that forgives every sin, every transgression, Mm -hmm. Alex, every sin that man could commit was forgiven at the cross of Jesus. But it's not just forgiveness. Um, If that were all it were, well, then we'd keep sinning and keep wanting to be forgiven. But it's water, too. It's the cleansing. He's faithful and just to forgive our sins, but to also cleanse us from all unrighteousness, water and blood, because the heart of Jesus had turned to wax and had melted within him verse 15 says my mouth is dried up like a potsherd and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth you lay me in the dust of death mm-hmm. and here we see he was thirsty it was it was a combination of this physical suffering that he endured in crucifixion but also the spiritual torture uh which was even you know it was far worse uh so those yeah. two things combined and he's he's thirsting uh, Alex and we have to understand why, and it 's because sin um, is it causes us to to thirst that is to crave and to yearn after mm-hmm. we 're never satisfied we 're always thirsty uh, and so when Jesus went to the cross, he was physically thirsty, but he had entered into our condition uh yeah. he had was had our sin on him and so i think there's more to these words uh when when he said i thirst uh don't you
2: yes yes absolutely it really fits last time we talked about there being no rest when we're in sin this is it's the same thing His yes. just it's thirsting is just going from one to another yeah absolutely
1: Yeah, exactly. That's a good description. For instance, when uh, I used to be in bondage to pornography, I would continually thirst to go from one image to the next or one relationship to the next. And what is that? That's thirst. And here you see Jesus, his tongue sticks to the roof of his mouth. He's so thirsty. He's entered fully into the experience of the sinner. And the wonderful thing, though, is, Alex, he entered into that experience in order to quench our thirst to bring us to satisfaction um and so um you know if you look at his experience with the woman at the well for example um Mm -hmm. she was thirsting and he said to her you know he whoever drinks this water will thirst again and he was referencing her life of sin she went from man to man to man she was thirsting But the interesting thing about that story is, in the very beginning of it, he was thirsty. And he asked her for a drink, but nowhere is it recorded that she brought him a drink. Um, So he thirsted, while at the same time, he said, whoever drinks the water I give will never thirst. So while he's sitting there thirsting, he's quenching her thirst. She leaves her water jar behind. And she's now drinking of the living water. Alex, think about this: when he was on the cross, he was thirsting in order to quench your thirst and my thirst. What is that mean for you as you think about that?
2: Well, it just makes me uh, love him even more. Just it just is another amazing uh, reminder of how much he loves us, how much he loved us on the cross, and continues to love us and. Pouring, he's you know he said, uh, living water will will come out of us. He, and he's the source. He's the source of the living water. We have the Holy Spirit now in us. And it's all because of what he did on the cross. There was no other way for us for our thirst to be quenched without the cross.
1: That's exactly right. So he thirsted on the cross, and mm-hmm. what came out of his death is the Holy Spirit, who's called rivers of living water. And so he, he died, he thirsted uh, for the purpose of quenching our thirst, satisfying us in this, this river. Um, there is a river that makes glad the city of God and it quenches Amen. our thirst and it flows from the cross. Well, it says you, you lay me in the dust of death. Um, and so he is referencing his own uh, death here. He came from the glories of heaven and is now laid in the dust of death. Um, let's read verse 16, dogs surround me, a pack of villains encircles me, they pierce my hands and my feet. And initially, Alex, as you read this, you have to go, wait a minute, Um, at this particular time of writing, which was 1000 BC, the manner of death was through stoning.
2: Yeah. And so what is
1: this, this piercing in in the hands and the feet?
2: And it really, it made no sense back then. Uh, it made no sense until the cross of Christ. And it, these, these verses, 16 through 18, are such an amazing prophecy of exactly what happened at the cross. Um, you know, I, I don't see how anyone can read these and not realize that this is divine, that this is a divine prophecy given to david um who it's almost like he was there seeing it um except what we talked about before that he's experiencing it too so this is nothing that ever happened to david this is clearly an execution it's not someone being very sick uh clearly an execution being described um, but nothing that ever happened to David, and like you said, they used to stone people. They didn't pierce their hands and feet. What is that? But when you see it in light of the cross, it completely makes sense. It's it's an Well, it it has to be divine. <laughs> There's Absolutely. no other way.
1: <laughs> yes, it it has to be uh, divine. As if Jesus were speaking through David these yes. very words about something that had never happened up to this point. Uh But when we come to the cross, we see the fulfillment of it. You see it again in Zechariah chapter 12 and verse 10, where it says, they will look on me, the one they have pierced, and they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only child. And so the only child would be pierced. And, And what would the result of it be? This cutting of the heart where we mourn in repentance. Uh, where we experience this tremendous um, heart transplant, where our heart of stone that's dead is cut out of us, and we are given a heart that is a heart of flesh, where we we live to obey now, whereas before we loved to disobey. Uh, yeah. But here they're pierce, they are piercing his hands and his feet, years, thousand years before this was ever even invented as a means of execution. And so um, then he says, uh, why don't you read verse, you want to read verses 17 and 18? 17, talking about yes.
2: This. Mm-hmm. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them. And for my clothing, they cast lots. And these, again, these verses are cited in uh, in all the gospels. All the gospels talk about about his crucifixion and how they divided his garments and even cast lots for them. It's a very amazingly precise uh, prophecy of exactly what happened. Uh, yes. But even beyond that, we, we see his shame again. We see that here's the, the sinless one on the cross uh, and those around him are just staring at him, they're taunting him, we saw some of that before. They care more about his clothing than they care about him uh, taking his clothing. Uh, It's really, it's just amazing how much suffering he went through for us, Mike.
1: Yes. Uh, He
2: he loves us that much. uh, And we are spared all that. We are spared all that because he took it for us.
1: That's exactly right. He was laid in the dust of death that we might be raised from the dead and Amen. taken to heaven with him, uh, he had everything taken from him that we might have everything given to us. Uh, yes. He hung in humility and shame that we might be that we might be partakers of his glory. Uh, he had our sin on him that we might be justified before god, um, and so we're seeing his humiliation. But the interesting thing is that he is willingly going through this, knowing in advance uh, what he would do. And so it was the death of this perfect one who became sin for us, who purposely laid down his life as a sacrifice on our behalf to remove our guilt, to remove our shame, to make us righteous, to make us flawless. Uh, And and that's what we're described in Colossians 1.21. Um, And so this uh, prophecy about uh, his clothes were um, divided and they cast lots for his garment. Uh, By the way, Alex, this is a seamless garment. Uh, Mm -hmm. It says in the book of John, which is an important detail, uh, because who in the Old Testament wore A garment that was of one piece.
2: Yeah, that would be Joseph.
1: Yes, Joseph, exactly. And so he's undergoing much the same treatment as Joseph, isn't he? Hmm. Uh, Being betrayed and forsaken by his brothers. They sold Joseph into the hands of Gentiles for pieces of silver. And, uh, you know, and so here the same garment is brought out. Also, the high priest in the Old Testament.
2: Ah, yes.
1: Wore a a seamless garment, and so um, our attention is brought to this garment because there's our high priest hanging on the cross, the one who is interceding right now through his death, pleading his wounds and his blood. He ever lives now to intercede for us. He's our great high priest.
2: Amen. So he's our high priest, and he's the sacrifice. Both. Both. Yes. Yes.
1: Well, here he cries out again in in verses 19 to 21. He's crying out, but you, Lord, do not be far from me. You're my strength. Come quickly to help me. Now, this prayer was not answered because if you think about it, he's placed on the cross at 9 a.m., and then from noon until 3 p.m., which is the time when he died, uh, which is also the time of the evening sacrifice, you know darkness came over the land for three hours, and this is the the period of time when Jesus was bearing the sin penalty of the whole world, and during that period, the Lord did not answer the prayers of Christ, nor did he help him in any way and um, And so why um, why would the Father turn his back like this and turn a deaf ear as it were? Um, and again, we, we talked last time about the fact that it's so that the holy God would hear the the prayer of the sinner. Uh, yeah. Alex, you and I have uh. come and said, God, have mercy on me. Don't give me what I deserve. Please don't treat mm-hmm. me according to my sins. Please have compassion on me. And it's as if he rushes to rescue us. He hears yeah. us, that, that prayer. And I know that you've prayed and cried out like that to be rescued as well and mm. have experienced his rescue, haven't you?
2: Amen. Yes, amen. And he did not uh, leave us in our shame. He rescued us. When we cried out to him, he rescued us. Uh, all because our Savior uh, was not heard. He was not heard so that we would be heard, he was okay. forsaken so that we would be accepted. It, it's really just so amazing to realize. Uh, all that He's done for us, yeah.
1: And don't you just want to say thank you, Jesus?
2: Uh-huh. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Amen.
1: I just want to stop and just say thank you, as you look hmm. at everything He endured here. Words are not sufficient by any means, uh, for He endured the wrath of God, the torture, the torment, the hmm. forsakenness. He experienced this hell on earth, this cross, and it was, it was just horrendous to see what he, what he went through for us, that he might rescue us, not only from sin's penalty, but also, Alex, from sin's power. Um, Yeah. Like we were talking yesterday, it's, it's not that he just saves us from hell, Uh, that's enough, that's, that's, that's so much, that's huge, but, but in addition to that, because the news continues to get better and better, the longer you live this gospel, the more you see that he accomplished for you. Um, but so if you look now at this passage in Psalm 22, um, there is a real turning of a corner here. Uh, if you yeah. look at verse 22, what corner are we turning now? What What is different from here on in this psalm? Yeah.
2: And, and I, I wanted to just uh, make a comment on 21 because it, oh, sure. it gives us a hint of that. So, you know, he says, save me from the mouth of the lion. He's already in the mouth mm. of the lion. We we talked about the lion uh, before, uh, but save me from the mouth of the lion. And then in the ESV, it says, you have rescued me from the horns of the wild ox. In, in the Hebrew, though, the rescue comes at the very end. So in the Hebrew, it's, and from the horns of the wild ox, you have answered me. And that's all one word in Hebrew, you have answered Mm. me. And then, like you said, there's a complete change of circumstance. In verse 22, we see, it says, I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. There's been a complete change. He was He was dead. He was in the mouth of the lion. He was laid in the dust of death. And now in verse 22, he's alive. (laughs) He's in the midst of the congregation. He's calling us brothers. This is referred to in Hebrews chapter two so beautifully. Mm. Um, But he's there and he's leading the praise. Mm. It's amazing. So this is the resurrection. I mean, this is his resurrection.
1: Yes, indeed, yeah, like you said, this is the one who was poured out like water, whose heart was like mm. wax, uh the yeah. one who was laid in the dust of death, the one who had his hands and feet pierced, and we almost have to say, "Wait a minute, what are you talking about? You will declare your name to my people if you're in yeah. the dust of death, there's not going to be any proclaiming <laughs> of anything. you're dead but uh of course, we know from the scriptures that You know, what do we see in the Old Testament? We see the sufferings of the Messiah, but also the glories that follow. And the resurrection here is so clearly, as you said, uh, spoken about, as we see Jesus is now going to proclaim and to declare the character, the name or the character of God who forgives the sin of people, who accepts the ungodly, who justifies the ungodly. This is the good news of the character of God that had never been known that's uh, up to this point. You know, Alex, sometimes you think about why did sin have to come into the world? And I think it's pretty clear that there is part of God's character that he is a forgiving God. You know, all the angels knew was that he had a righteous law, that he was holy uh, Uh until Sin came into the world, and now we see another aspect, and we go, wow, God forgives sin. He loves wrongdoers. He Mm -hmm. pursues the unrighteous to pour his love out on them, Uh, and this is the message. The the character has to do with the character of God here, his name that uh, Jesus says he would declare to his people, Mm. and he would praise him. Uh, and so then we go on to verse 23, you who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him, revere him. All you descendants of Israel, you know, the cross, the one thing it should bring out in us is praise and thanksgiving and reverence. Amen. Amen. If you really understand the cross, it will elicit praise and thanksgiving it'll it'll well up within you won't it alex like the yes river absolutely. Of living water
2: right right yeah. yeah and it's really a beautiful beautiful picture in here um mike uh, as you were reading we're we're given three exhortations to praise him glorify him uh and the esc says stand in awe of him mm. all you offspring and if you look at that word in the hebrew uh, it really means to turn aside from the road, to sojourn. Uh, and that, you know, get, gives us the picture of turn aside from the road, look at the cross, dwell on the cross to see what he's done, glorify him, praise him. Just like you said, the cross is everything that we have to praise him about. We need to praise him every day mm-hmm. because of his sacrifice on the cross. And here, He's exhorting us to turn aside from the road. Don't just walk by uh, and turn aside and uh, stay with him. Dwell, sojourn here um, and praise him.
1: It's really the opposite of, oh yeah, I know Jesus died for my sins, right?
2: Yes, yes, exactly.
1: He, he, if we really stop, as you said, turn aside, sojourn, um, mm-hmm. we would be in awe. Of the price that Jesus paid to set us free. We would we would be we would like I like describe it as a self-quake.
2: Yes, right. uh, I love that term.
1: At the at the cross there was an earthquake, you know, Mm -hmm. which shook everything. But as we come to the cross, everything is shaken. We are are saying, wait a minute, I'm ungodly. I Mm -hmm. have sinned and done what is wrong and perverted what is right, and yet what do we see? I'm now accepted because the price was paid. Mm. And we, in a sense, we gawk uh, at the cross. We we fix our eyes on Mm. Jesus. We aren't passers by. We're those who turn aside and look and stare. And we are in, as you said, in awe, stand in awe Mm. of him. He sunk so low um he went to such great lengths for us and for us to just run right by it uh that makes no sense we as you said and this is what you and i've been doing Alex, for the
2: last
1: (laughs) bit of study we've been turning aside and standing in awe yes
2: it's really beautiful too mike if we if we can go to verse 24 uh, so in verse 23, we're we're exhorted to praise him, glorify him, stand in awe of him. Why? Verse 24 says, for because he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, he has not hidden his face from him, but has heard when he cried to him. So the reason we praise him is because of his amazing love for us. He he was despised and abhorred, but he Comes in with us into our affliction to bring oh. us out of it. He does not despise or abhor the affliction of the afflicted. He took it all on himself. Mm. Uh, what a what a God we have, what a savior we have. He doesn't hide his face from us after he suffered everyone turning from him, including the father hiding his face from him mm. and all so that he would never hide his face from us whenever we come to him he's there when we cry out to him he hears us mm.
1: that's such good news mm. um, amen you you said that he comes into our affliction with us it reminds me of the three hebrew boys in the furnace
2: mm. yeah. and
1: uh they, <laughs> and the king said oh well who's the fourth one looks like the son of god <laughs> Um, And so Jesus comes into our affliction with us. That's what the cross really is. Jesus coming into our sin and taking it upon himself to rescue us out of it. The father having turned his face away from Christ that he might not ever, ever turn his face away from us, as you you said there. And so that brings out praise. Um, Verse 25, from you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will perform before those who fear him. Uh, and Alex, if you look at verse 26, the afflicted uh, wow. shall eat and be satisfied. Isn't it Amen. appropriate that in the context of the cross, we see some the satisfaction would, would come to us. It's the meek, the humble, the afflicted yes. uh, eating and being satisfied. It reminds me of Hebrews 13, verse 10, It talks about an altar. It says we have an altar to eat from that those under the old covenant have no right to eat from. In other words, the cross is an altar of sacrifice whereby we derive great nourishment. Now, as you think about this, Alex, what, what does that mean that we eat and are satisfied at the cross? What thoughts do you have about that?
2: Our, you know... I know that all those years that I was a slave to sin, slave to pornography, uh, all those years I was looking to fill this emptiness inside myself that I could not fill. Uh, I I mentioned before, I felt like I had a a crater, an empty crater in in, in the middle of my chest. I, I was trying to fill it. I never filled it. We are never satisfied until we have Christ in our heart and he fills us, he, he is our everything. He's our sustenance, he's our life. His love fills our hearts and, and then we're satisfied. Like we talked about at the well, uh, that living water, he will thirst no more. He, you know, when we celebrate communion, we celebrate the cross and what he did and we take of the, the wine and the bread Symbolizing His blood and His flesh sacrificed for us, and we we are filled with that. Hmm.
1: And this is the great joy that believers have: is this being satisfied yeah. finally? Mm-hmm. Right? Can you, can you <laughs> say finally? <Amen. laughs> all my years of wandering and and eating poisoned food and drinking mm. pure water, uh, finally, uh, the cross has uh, mm. satisfied my heart. Uh, Alex, I think we have about five verses to go. Let's make another uh, podcast, shall we? And uh, (laughs) (laughs) we'll do one more uh, to finish up this psalm. But just now, uh, think about a listener who is hungry, who's yearning, who is not satisfied, who's drinking from the impure well and is experiencing the the, the emptiness, the lack of satisfaction that sin brings. And uh, Alex, if you would just pray for them to see that there's satisfaction at the cross that waits for them. And uh, let's call them to come and join the feast that you and I are enjoying here.
2: Amen. Oh, Heavenly Father, we worship you and we thank you, Lord. We are always amazed uh, at your love and grace to us, Lord, especially As we stop and we look uh, in awe at the cross, Lord, at our Lord and Savior who gave his life, gave himself completely, poured out his life, Lord, at the cross. And, Father, we see that uh, you fill those who come to you. Uh, You you are inviting all those, Lord. if, If there's someone listening right now, Lord, who is feeling that hunger, that emptiness, that ache inside, that needs to be filled. Oh, Lord, please call them to the cross. Call them to yourself through the Savior, through his sacrifices finished with on the cross, that they would be filled, Lord, that their hearts would be full of your love, that they would know the forgiveness of sins, that they would know and see that their shame is taken away, their guilt is taken away because Christ uh, took it all on the cross and that they are delivered. The chains of slavery to sin are broken, Lord. Help them to come to buy and eat uh, the food that we have uh, at the cross. We can get it nowhere else. Uh, We know, Lord, uh, that Jesus stands and calls and invites all who will come. He doesn't turn away anyone, uh, but he invites us all to come. So may they come, Lord may they know Jesus as Savior Uh, and may they have their hearts filled uh, by our Savior uh, who gave himself for us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray.
0: Amen. Amen. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.